Let us pray. Then Hezekiah the king rose early, and gathered the rulers of the city, and went up to the house of the Lord. 2 Chronicles 20 Dear God, as you increase the works of my hands, and multiply all that I touch today, I make a covenant with you, that as much as it remains with me, I will make sure that I use my influence and affluence to build the local church so that others can have a place to be restored and healed. Like King Hezekiah, I will place my focus on bringing excellence to your house. I will be a resource to help bridge the gap between those who are lost and those who can help guide them back to your presence. I declare that this will be a season of restoration and reconciliation. I declare that the lost shall be found and that I can be trusted to do more and become more for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for praying with me today. Continue listening for an incredible Bible story brought to you by BibleInAYear.com King Hezekiah In our last story, we learned about the tragic downfall of Israel. Fully immersed in evil, they found themselves captive to the dark nations they swore allegiance to. Fish hooks were driven into their mouths as they tugged away from their homes. They were captives, stolen away from their country, and yet they still did not cry out to God for help. Now we return to the kingdom of Judah, where the wicked king Ahaz perished. In his place was Hezekiah, a young king whose righteousness was unmatched, not even by David himself, inspired by the books of Second Chronicles and Second Kings. Hello, this is Pastor Jack Graham with today's episode of The Bible in a Year. Thank you for joining us once again today. In yesterday's episode, we heard about the fall of Israel under the cowardly reign of King Hosea. Generations of idolatry and rejection of God's ways culminated in the capture, enslavement, and exile of the Israelites who were dispersed throughout Assyria. Today, we'll return to Judah to find a shining example of a king who followed the Lord and did his will, King Hezekiah. Hezekiah was the complete opposite of his wicked father Ahaz, and his righteousness exceeded even King David. It's a beautiful example of a life lived well in true heartfelt worship and service to our God. So let's listen joyfully to his story. Judah was suffering like a withered plant without sunlight. Their time under the reign of Ahaz produced a great deal of pain. As king, he was supposed to be a symbol of hope. Instead, he was a symbol of dread. The children of Judah grew up in a land filled with uncertainty and instability. Idols erected in the streets loomed over the citizens like dark watchmen. Their presence brought a great deal of distress among the people. At any moment, Ahaz or one of his priests could snatch them up and sacrifice them. However, as all kings do, Ahaz died. His body was buried in dust, and the people did their best to forget him. 
Ahaz's son, Hezekiah, was next in line to take the throne. Hezekiah was a young man, only twenty-five years old. At first, the people truly wondered if he would be different. Hezekiah bore the name of Ahaz as his father, but he was nothing like him. Hezekiah grew up as a survivor of his father's cruelty. He watched as false gods poisoned his father's mind. As a result, he held fast to the Lord with all his might. Hezekiah was anointed as king over Judah. The crowds cheered, the elders nodded in confidence, and the Lord rejoiced over him. Hezekiah took no time to celebrate. Instead, he walked straight to the temple of God. The place had been neglected under his father's rule. Dust collected in the corners of the halls. The altar was stained, and the gold pillars had lost their shine. The temple was empty and quiet. All he could hear was the sound of his own footsteps. He ran his hands against the walls, looked up at the ceiling above. He breathed in deeply and closed his eyes. Hezekiah listened to the quiet. There were no sacrifices, no prayers, and no service to the people. The silence was deafening to Hezekiah. The absence of ministry within the walls of the temple represented the emptiness of Judah. People's hearts were empty. They were far from God. They were scared and without the joy of the Lord. Tears streamed down his face. Hezekiah would not allow people to stray even further. Hezekiah looked to the front of the temple. The doors were heavy and rusted from being shut for so many years. Hezekiah's heart started to beat faster. He could feel the presence of God. The strong hand of the Lord was upon him. His voice was silent, but clear in his heart. Hezekiah ran towards the temple doors and burst them open. Light beamed through the open doorway, and a cloud of dust left the halls. People who were passing by were startled at the sudden sound. Hezekiah gathered his servants to find the priests and Levites. Then he sent word for the best builders in the land. Hezekiah was going to mend what was broken. He was going to restore the temple and restore the hearts of Judah. The first month of Hezekiah's rule was spent on the restoration of the temple. He and his men spent days fixing doorways, replacing beams, and polishing altars. The once dusty building was restored to its former glory. Solomon himself would have been pleased with Hezekiah's work. After the restoration was complete, Hezekiah gathered all the priests and Levites. The men had been cast away by King Ahaz and had finally come out of hiding. As they gathered, Hezekiah stood up in excitement. Hear me, Levites, he shouted. Prepare yourself and the temple. Our fathers were unfaithful. Their hearts were dim and filled with corruption. They forsook God, but we do not have to. Hezekiah began to choke up. He could see the emotions welling up from the priests that sat before him. Hundreds of them sat in awe of their king's words. Hezekiah continued with passion, saying, They shut these walls. They shut the temple. They shut themselves off to God. No wonder Judah has fallen so far from power and glory. Our fathers were killed by swords and spears. Our sons and daughters have been taken away in captivity. Hezekiah was speaking with a great deal of strength. He paused for a moment and turned his face to the temple. He spoke with a whisper now, as if it was just him and God speaking. 
The whole congregation leaned in to listen. It is in my heart to make a covenant with God. He turned back to the leaders before him. My sons, do not be idle. Do not neglect the Lord. He has chosen you to stand before him with honor. He has chosen you to minister to God and to the people. As Hezekiah spoke, all the priests, elders, commanders, and the Levites stood to their feet. They answered the call of God. One by one, they entered the temple with purpose. As the months passed, the temple began to awaken with activity again. Men and women were blessed once again with closeness to God through the ministry of the priests. Not only was the temple prepared, but all the past idols and instruments of torture used by Ahaz were burned and destroyed. Beautiful music filled the city and streets near the temple. Harps, trumpets, lyres, and cymbals played to the glory of God. Praises were sung, and the old psalms of David were recited in the presence of the whole nation. With gladness in their hearts, they bowed and worship, and joy filled the streets of Judah. Revival was echoing across the nation, and the broken were being made whole again. Not only did Hezekiah worship the Lord with all his heart, but he also protected the people from evil. He outlawed parts of the country where dark arts were practiced. He banned the worshiping of idols, and he made laws that pointed people in the direction of God. He trusted God with all his being. No king before him or after him clung to the presence of God more honestly. He did not depart from the goodness of the Lord, and his nation was blessed for it. We begin today's passage in the aftermath of a truly terrible king. Ahaz had utterly rejected God, clung to countless foreign gods, and defiled himself and Judah in ways no king before him had done. When he died, Judah was suffering, and the people lived in fear. Human sacrifice, something totally abhorrent to the Lord, was commonplace under Ahaz. How far the people had fallen from the days of good king Jotham. Ahaz's son, Hezekiah, was anointed king in this context. It would certainly be understandable for the people to expect more of the same bad news. But Hezekiah could not have been more different than his father. Listen to the words of Hezekiah found in 2 Kings 18, verses 5 and 6. He trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel, so that there was none like him among all the kings of Judah after him, nor among those who were before him. For he held fast to the Lord. He did not depart from following him, but kept the commandments that the Lord commanded Moses. I love those words, he held fast to the Lord. That is a true measure of genuine success in a person's life, to hold on to God and never let go, and also to know that God will never let go of us. That's precisely what Hezekiah did. Immediately, when he became king, he set about fixing what his father had destroyed. The temple of God, which Ahaz had plundered and shuttered, was a pathetic sight. It grieved Hezekiah to see the Lord's house in such a state. But as sad as that picture was, what it represented was even a greater tragedy. The people's hearts were in shambles. They were so far from God, disconnected from his life-giving presence. So Hezekiah resolved to make both things right, both at the temple and with the people. 
He called the priests and Levites as well as the best craftsmen. Work began immediately to repair and restore the temple. God's servants, priests who had gone into hiding in fear of the evil king, stepped into the light again to begin guiding God's people and their hearts back to the Lord. Hezekiah knew he must lead the people and inspire them to change their way of life. So he stood up and spoke loudly and clearly. The many sins that had been committed by their fathers hung heavy upon the people, but there was a way out. Judah was suffering the consequences of generations of sin. This was not God's cruelty, but it was the natural outflow of their sin and the righteous judgment of God. It was clearly time for the people to repent. Hezekiah's words are a clear message to all of us today. We do not have to live in the sins of our fathers. We don't need to live in generational disobedience. We can break the power of sin in our lives through repentance. Hezekiah was calling God's people back into a relationship with the Lord, who is provider and sustainer, and the people listened, and we should listen today. In America, we know that we stand in the face of an impending judgment from God. In fact, the whole world is ripe for judgment, but there is a way out. There is a way through, and that is through the cross and the resurrection of Christ and personal salvation, but also the revival of God's church and God's people. Judah experienced a revival of hearts, and the symbols of evil and idolatry were purged from the land. Songs of praise fill the air as the people worshiped the one true God again. Our great God, our good God, accepted their praise and their worship because they came to him sincerely. And what a sweet song it must have been for the Lord to hear, the songs of revival, the songs of repentance, and the songs of faith. Dear God, how we thank you for the example of Hezekiah, who gave his entire life to following you and to holding fast to you and leading your people. Thank you that you forgive when we are ready to repent. And today, we're reminded that when we are prodigal children, that we can always come back to you because of your love for us. And in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's Bible in a Year podcast. I'm Jack Graham from Dallas, Texas. Download the Pray.com app and make Bible study and prayer a priority in your life. And if you enjoy this podcast, please let as many people know as possible. And also, if you would like to know more about Christ, know more about the Christian life, know more about what the Bible says, visit me at jackgraham.org. That's jackgraham.org because we have many resources there available to you. God bless you. This episode is sponsored by MediShare, an innovative healthcare solution for Christians to save money without sacrificing quality.